Hi. Can't hear you. Can't hear you, but your hair looks good. Yeah. Well, the most important thing is that my hair looks good. Absolutely. But, you know, it's good to be heard as well, I guess. But if you can't be heard, better to have your hair look good and not be heard than not be heard and have your hair look bad. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay, where we've just definitively decided that it's ultimately better to be seen than heard. And if you're going to be seen, your hair better look good. Take it, Bob. This is our new theme song, by the way. I it's magically delicious, but you can eat it too. Your hair, that is. Well, the hair's looking good. Uh, what do you... Now, for me, I rarely pay attention to my hair, so when it looks good, I honestly can't take credit. The credit must lie with one G-O-D. But you, when your hair looks good, have you done something? I rely on my hairstylist, whose name is J-E-S-U-S. Oh. He do my hair, and he do it nice. <laughs> Here's what happened, dude. I go sleep at night, and then while I sleep, J-S-U-S is like, shoop, snip, snip, or magic grow finger, magic grow finger, and then little twirly, twirly, little, a little, uh-uh-uh, a little, I-I-I, a little of this, a little of this. Take it. Take it away. And then I wake up and damn, son, nice job, JC. I called the uh, the more boutique place that does my hair, that used to do my hair when we lived on the east side. I called them today because I want to look good. We're doing, I'm doing some video shoots. And uh, first of all, the lady goes, I was like, yeah, I'd like to book an appointment. She was like, well, who did you see last? I said, I can't remember. Can you just look it up? She's like, yeah, let me look that up. <laughs> she goes, ooh, it's been a while. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. I'm like, well, yeah, <clears throat> global pandemic and all kind of took me out of the haircut game for a minute. You know, not working for 18 months. Uh, took me out of the haircut game for a minute. Yeah. But then she goes, well, it looks like you've seen Amber and Tracy. Uh, do you have a preference? And I remembered, Bob, that the last person that cut my hair was a man. So that put me in an interesting position on the phone today saying, is Tracy a man? To which she said, yep. I said, I'll take Tracy. He was great. Oh, that's... So, anyway, today on uh, Dear Abby... Dear Diary. Well, there's Trace Atkins, right? Tra is it Tracy Atkins or Trace Atkins? It's Trace Atkins, the famous country singer. The uh, We'll put a boot in your ass guy. But <laughs> he has a song called I'm Gonna Put a Boot in Your it Ass. It was like this post-9-11, post like, jingoistic American thing that was basically like, we'll put a boot in your ass. Oh, I thought it was like a sex thing. Or actually, maybe that was Toby Keith. I actually don't know what Trace Atkins' deal is. I'm amazed, actually, that you even know the name. Well, I was trying to think of how many dudes I know with the name Tracy. Not many, right? I mean, Tracy Atkins. I'm going to put a boot in your ass. That's the only guy I know. And I know him pretty well. Like, he's come over to the house a couple times did he things put a boot in got, your ass? No, 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 no. Things, no of but things not. got things got a little, a little boot booty, a little boot assy. Uh, they got just dicey. 
Like we were sitting down to eat and I was trying to sit down and I looked where the seat was and guess what was there? Tracy's boot. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to sit down to eat. And he's like, I know, you know, it's it's literally just occurring to me that there is another country artist named Tracy Lawrence. That is also a man that I know. Uh, I think Tracy Lawrence is also a porn star and she is definitely not a man. Do you think when Anthony Kiedis sang in the song aeroplane, I like pleasure spiked with pain and beauty is my aeroplane. He was talking about Tracy. Okay. He was talking about Tracy because some people, there, anything you can think of, there's someone out there in this great big world that likes it. Now, putting a boot in your ass, not one of my favorite things, but there's someone who likes that. I told Tracy, I was like, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? And he's like, nothing. I'm like, why is your boot on my chair? I'm trying to sit down. He's like, just sit down. Of course, he wasn't saying it that way. He said it with a country accent like this. Just say it down. Oh, boy. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Dude, that's as country as it gets. My name is Tracy Atkins. That's horrible. Sit down, son. Ooh, this, this dude looks rough. Tracy Atkins. I just looked him up. I'm looking him up right now because I've got to see this guy. American country singer and actor. He made his debut in 96 with the album Dreaming Out Loud. Here were his big hits. This ain't no thinking thing. Ladies love country boys and you're going to miss this. You know what I think about Trace Atkins when I see these pictures of him? He looks like he's pretty woke. He looks pretty pretty chill. <laughs> he looks pretty chill. Like <laughs> I know he's he looks like he might not be, but I bet she is. I bet she's pretty woke. I bet he is too. I'm glad you said that because... I agree, and I bet he is, too. He seems cool. How about a hit song called This Ain't No Thinking Thing? We don't like no thinking over here. Put your brain in your butt and come on, have fun with me, because this ain't no kind of thinking thing. Man, that's my kind of dude right there. Dude, there's all these pictures, meet and greet photos. He's making, like, I don't know. What do you think he's charging for these meet and greet photos? Two fifty a pop? Probably something, a pop, probably something like a pop. I'm gonna guess for him for him about two fifty. I'm thinking two fifty a pop. Just in case you were curious, this ain't no thinking thing, uh lyrically is a song that reflects on the complexities of understanding both love and romance. Yeah, right. The last time somebody took a meet and greet photo with old Trace was in eleven three nineteen. Has he passed? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Let's see. It's not saying so on his Wikipedia page. Born January 13th, 1962. He's alive. 6'6", dude. He's a tall drink of water. That's a big boot. Are you writing a song right now? Married Just a twice, tall drink of water. Married once in 91 for three years. Then he spent a long time being solo, Atkins. And then got married... Just two years ago, right before COVID, to Victoria Pratt. Let's see what she looks like. He has a hit song called, I Left Something Turned On at Home. (laughs) Now, Victoria Pratt looks pretty chill. (laughs) I left something turned on at home. Damn. No wonder he married this chick. You know, he was like living the single life and then he's like, yeah, I don't want anybody else having sex with this chick. So I'm going to marry her. Here's what the song I left something turned on at home is about. 
It's an up-tempo accompanied largely by electric guitar based on a double entendre. The male narrator is at a bar telling his companions that he has to leave because he quote-unquote left something turned on at home. He then explains in the course that what he left turned on was not an appliance, but rather his sexually aroused female partner. <laughs> I tell you what, dude, country music is so interesting because everyone trying to write this bullshit in town, they try to come up with clever shit. They think that's clever. They love those little double meanings. I'll be, I can't stay here, boys. I believe I left something turned on at home. And guess what? Weren't no oven. It was my female companion. It's my female sexual partner, I believe I've left turned on. And I must post haste quicken back to the quarry where we live in a hole deep, deep in the ground. Yeah, we live down in a little holler down there. We get our toes in the mud. We don't care nothing about that. But I do got to scoot, boys, because uh, I reckon I left something turned on back home. And it weren't my iPad. Mm-mm. It was my female sexual companion. I don't know what her name is. It's a real doll I got off Craigslist used. Yep, it was used, saved a penny, but I just ran it through the uh, dishwasher, took her apart, put all of her little parts and bits in the uh, dishwasher. Two birds, one stone, did the dishes, did my female real doll. She's my female sexual partner, and I left her at home, switched on. (laughs) Yeah, you can turn her off, but... uh. We don't use that option too often back where I come from. She stays turned on because she's married to me, Trace. We're writing a country song. It's got a double meaning. Dude, whatever you do, don't type in Victoria Pratt naked because I just fell down the rabbit hole. Yeah, I noticed by the unusual amount of time that I was talking instead of you (laughs) that something must have happened over there. (laughs) (laughs) Something happened that went a little something like this. Take it. Hey. Hey. And around we go to the bar with my matey's friends. See, I just got this new uh, Suzuki Andes, and I like it. It makes me feel real Irish. So it's a contraption that looks like a keyboard, but you blow air into it over some reeds, I guess. It looks like a melodica, but it sounds like a recorder. <laughs> <laughs> which is a pipe. that cleared it up for many of our listeners who are quite familiar with all these different instruments a recorder is like a wooden pipe that you would play in school if you were if it was 1875 and you were going to a prep school in england have you got your recorder tommy yes i've got my recorder can you play the e-note yes i can play it let me say very nice, Tommy. Can you play me a C chord? No, it's a pipe. It only plays one note at a time. But I can play a C note. Very nice, Tommy. Now get in the corner and take your pants off. <laughs> okay. This is my wooden pipe. You'll be blowing on this one quite a jolly bit, I reckon. That's not a pipe, Mr. Seymour. <laughs> That looks to be your penis. <laughs> but that's not a pipe. Yes, it is. Today it is. I know <laughs> I know what a pipe looks like, Mr. Seymour, and that doesn't look like a pipe. 
It looks like a bit of baloney. I may only be a 38-year-old student here in first grade, and I know what a pipe looks like. That's no pipe, mister. Blow on it. (laughs) Blow on it, Tommy. (laughs) You little bad boy. Oh, man. My friend Ethan, we were doing a show this weekend, and he was telling me that uh, he went to a Catholic school when he was a kid, and there was a teacher that everyone loved, a ceramics teacher, who got busted for like, all this pedophilia shit. And he was like, man, Jesus. He's like, he never fucked with me or any of my friends. Like we, we all just really loved him. He was like one of our favorite teachers. That's just so weird, man. That is some weird shit. Let's make some ceramics. Okay. Who wants to make a cup holder? I do, Mr. Siemens. But that's not a cup, mister. (laughs) All right, then. Here's how you make a cup holder. That's, that can't be the way to make it, Mr. Siemens. Oh, but it is, Tommy. Why do we have to be naked to make the cup holder? I like how, I like how the, the British kid who's constantly getting fucked with, his name is Tommy. He sounds just like a nice kid, Tommy. How do you know all these like traditional-sounding Irish melodies? Do you... Did you learn those when you got that instrument? Do you already know those? No, I just I just realized, oh, if you just play a, any scale, it's a... <laughs> all you have to do is play a scale, and it sounds like an Irish song. Oh. Yeah, any scale. So here's, here's your C scale. Here's your D scale. Oi. <laughs> well, what else is going on? Um, I don't know what's going on with you. Played a show Sunday with Jason Isbell. They have some pretty intense COVID protocols happening. We all had to get tested before sound check. Okay. Everyone negative, but we didn't know we were going to do that until like right before we got there. It was a little stressful. Was it like those at do them yourself antigen? No, the, he has a, he swans. has a, um, a full-time nurse on staff on the tour. And I guess it was similar to a rapid test. We did a nose swab and then we had to wait 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the ones you can just buy at the store. <clears throat> I guess so. I don't know. I don't know much about that. I've bought a few like Binex now or whatever is at the store, but she had her own little system. She had like a little area and uh, we couldn't like interact with any of Jason's crew until we were all cleared. And it was interesting. Well, that's one way to do it for sure. It was nice to get a, I mean, you know, I don't like testing all the time, but it was nice to get another negative test. You just never know, man. And I haven't been, I haven't I was, been feeling great either because it got the school crud. I got the same thing, dude. <clears throat> and it lasted about two weeks and then it sort of faded and it's pretty much gone. But I still have a little bit of... <clears throat> I do too. I still have a little... <clears throat> which I don't want to have anymore. Does it affect your singing? No, not really. But it's just, you know, it's just a little thing where I'm like, what the fuck is that? What's been going on with uh, shows for you? Any shows? Yeah, dude, fuck a load of shows, dude. We got a new protocol called not give, giving a fuck, obviously. Um, I played in Dallas. I played two solo shows at the Kessler, both sold out. Nice. You know, a couple masks in the audience, but mostly people just hanging out and then played a show in Houston at the Heights all GA general admission and it wasn't sold out, but it was pretty, pretty packed. 
Um, and nobody wearing masks, maybe two, three people wearing masks. When you play two nights somewhere, like at the Kessler, do you make an effort to try to... No, I played two shows in one night. Oh, two shows in one night. Yeah. Wow. I was going to ask if you were to play two nights in a row, you try to play like completely unique set lists or... No, I used to kind of do that, but I realized that I was kind of playing the same show over and over. So no, when I play two shows, I try to play pretty much the same show. I might change one or two songs, but I try to play the same show because I usually have kind of a show that I'm doing for that time period. So when I go back three months or four months later, I'll be doing a slightly different show. Yeah. I just want it to be different every time. Yeah. I wonder if people are buying tickets to both of the shows. Do you have any sense of that? Are people coming to both shows in one evening? There are some people that come to both shows. But here's the thing about people that come to two shows in a row. They're such super fans. They don't care that you're playing the same songs. They right. want to hear the same songs. They want to hear the songs they know. So, Well, Dave Matthews Band, they do this big weekend of shows at the Gorge every year for Labor Day. They call it Labor Dave Weekend. And about an hour before doors, the drummer and bass player tested positive for COVID. So they go bye-bye. So they can't cancel that weekend because it's sold out weekend. It's like 28,000 people a night. So they scrambled to put together a show. Dave came out, played some songs by himself. Then Tim Reynolds came out. They did some Dave and Tim. Then they, the guest, the um, opening band, they use some of the musicians from the opening band who were like Tony Hall, who played bass for Dylan, was in the opening band. He comes out and plays. Their keyboard guy hops on the drums, killed it, crushed it. They played three nights, no repeats. And the Dave Matthews like message boards were all about how awful it was, how lazy it was, how unprepared the band was, etc. This blows my mind. It blows my mind what people think about stuff. Well, here's the thing, man. Who's commenting? It does make you wonder like, well, what's this person's life like where they care enough to think all this and then to even like log into a thing and write it all and then argue about it. The person that said all that shit, the people that said that, guess what they didn't do? Put together a fucking band that could fill fucking giant stadium 10 nights in a row and sell more records than most bands, except for maybe 20 other bands in the world. And become the, one of the greatest touring live acts of all time. That's what they didn't do. Guess what they did do? Pull out their computer and go, mm, this is lazy. Go fuck yourself. Dude, if you're leaving comments that are negative, I mean, that's one thing to leave a nice comment. That's fine. You're happy. Yeah, right. But don't go to some show where they try to fucking jump through hoops to make sure that the show happens just to, you know, because people are been dying to see this band for such a long time and then be a pissy little bitch. It's interesting because Dave's a lot like you. He's not really on social media, you know, but a couple of the band members are, and they, they do the thing where I think they interact too much with people like, cause people are gross and people it's a lot of positive shit, but it's the gross shit's really gross. And the, one of the horn players who actually lives here in town, he, he was like, he posted a few pictures from the stage and wrote this little thing that was like, you know, what, you know, this weekend was really tough. 
but the fans were amazing. It was like, we're, we worked really hard to try to pull that off for you guys. And it's obviously like under a lot of duress and unique. And he's like, I've been reading some of the negative comments. He's like, all I can say is, wow. Like you guys just really don't understand what it takes to do any of this stuff. And I'm like, dude, it's, it's so right. But I'm like, you're trying to reason with, you're reasoning with insane people. Someone who come to your Instagram page and write all that shit anyway is like, what are you, you're going to reason with that guy? That guy's going to go, oh, you're right. That's right. I'm being too hard on you guys. The Dave Matthews band. But you're in a unique situation where you could really do a whole, I mean, your solo shows are great. So it wouldn't be ideal, but you could pull off your solo shows if you're, if the band had to go bye-bye. Well, I've, so I do these, you know, Moonlight Orchestra shows every Valentine's Day and I do a Christmas version of it and I have the Tosca strings are a big part of it. The Tosca string quartet. So this year I'm doing a show at the Moody with the full band and the Tosca strings. And then the day before the Tosca strings can't do it. So, but it's already booked. So I'm Mm. like, well, fuck what am I going to do? So I just called the mini moonlight orchestra and don't mention the strings. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I may have daddy come play cello yeah, or something. I was going to suggest that. Uh, it's all, all the music is written for the show, right? It's already like written out. No, it's not. Oh, well, but uh, I might just have him come and play and he can figure it out. And, you know, and most people won't know the difference. It'll still be a cool show. I know that for me, if I was coming to see you for that show and you brought like a cellist, I'd be fine with it. But you also have time to, you probably have time to whip up a little quartet, learn the songs, send them, send them a board tape of the last one. I mean, I, who knows? I might do something like that. The problem with it is I like working with Tosca. I like them too. I, I met them playing some of those gigs with you and I'm still friends with some of those girls. Uh, keep up with them and their families and anyways they're doing it at the moody which is going to be great and then we'll just do a smaller thing in houston and that'll be fine too it was fun um i've done that with you in houston what's the name of the place you do it at in houston um the hobby, Little, a theater. hobby center no that's different what's a theater you play in houston um i don't know i've done the I've done the moonlight thing. Like we did a, it's the Zika theater is what it's called, but okay. But the, it's in the hobby center or something. Like it's that. so interesting hanging out in Austin this last month, you know, seeing Scarlett. Cause I remember doing one of those moonlight gigs right before she was born and we had to cancel it like day of because she was being born and stuff. But oh, how time passes. Oh, it Passage does. of time. It do pass. The time. Place, a, pass. place a little song for the passage of time. Okay. Oh, how time passes. For one cannot merely be frozen in moments. No, one must move forward through the arbitrary human creation, the measurement of moments and time. One looks in the mirror one day and one is but barely born nubile. And the next one looks in the mirror and one is aged with wrinkles that suggest a life well-worn and lived. And wisdom comes not without its creases across the brow. And oh, how we 
March on much like uh, tales of old and the time. For we must forge forth, uh, fulfilling our biological destiny and procreating. And, uh, for no time waits for no man's and uh, we must forge on. And uh, for this podcast has come to a close, we must remind you to leave a positive review, etc. And we are going to kick it now to the Secret Weekly. Well, we'll talk about things that we can't talk about here. If you want to hear The Secret Weekly, you can get it on your precious little iPhone or whatever the fuck by joining us on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash I-O-K. And we'll see you on the flip-flop, flop, 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 peace. Bye. Bye.